0: Okay. Before we start with the scripture reading this morning, I again want to pray. This is a praying morning, isn't it? Nothing wrong with that. Let's go talk to God once again. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to come to your throne of grace this day. To thank you for the gift of your Son, a greater love no man hath had than he gives his life for his friends. I can't get my mind around that. It's too much for us to be able to to comprehend. We say the words, but do we really mean them? If nothing else today, Father, would you help us to understand that sacrifice that you made, the sacrifice your son made as he gave his life as a ransom for many. Maybe through these words, we pray that It'll help us to understand just a little bit more about what you've done for us. So bless us to that end, we ask you through your Holy Spirit today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand for me? Uh, We're going to be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 8 and 12 through 23. Hear now God's word. Then he appeared in more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. And then look at verses 12 through 23. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are all, of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For, us, for as by a man came death, by a man has come unto the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Have you ever stopped and just let your thoughts go back to the resurrection? Yes, we as Christians, we understand Christ suffered for us and that he died for us. I don't think any of us have a problem with that. There are the aspects of life that we can get a handle on, on the way we deal with them. Sadly, we see too much of suffering and death in the world, especially... And I guess maybe every generation can say, especially today, but perhaps, you know, maybe more right now, I suppose. But it happens to many every day. It's too commonplace. Suffering and death, needlessly, by so many people. It's, but it's reality. It's a part of who we are, unfortunately. Yet have you ever taken that one last step and really given consideration to the virtual impossibility Of the concept of the resurrection. It literally can boggle the mind. Almost like trying to get a grasp on the concept of eternity. Our small minds. Finite minds that they are. Can't get a grasp on something like that. The resurrection in my opinion. Fits into that mind blowing category. I mean mean, think about it. At some point after death. After the earthly shell has been vacated and after this life is over, the soul of that person goes into another place. Then somehow, someway, it miraculously returns to that earthly shell, to that human form, already beginning the decaying process in the meantime at some point within this time element. I mean, think about that. It's practically inconceivable, isn't it? But let's go back 2,000 years ago this morning and hear what the Apostle Paul has to tell us about the subject of resurrection. Our passage this morning finds Paul in an area of the world that includes a number of powerful non-Christian religions. We might call them pagan religions today that were running rampant all over. Remember now, Christianity is still the new kid on the block, I guess we could say. So many rumors about what Christianity entailed, how they, they worshipped and things like this, a lot of rumors were going around. And really, they were telling people not to become Christians, why they needed to avoid Christianity, if at all possible. One of the bigger reasons to avoid this religion, this cult, even some might have said back then, was because of one major sticking point. The resurrection of its leader. Could you hear it from a non-believer? How could you? Why would you want to do something like that? Why would you want to believe in something as preposterous as someone being raised from the dead? Absolutely ridiculous. For some religions back at that time, the body was seen as evil and the spirit was seen as pure. Gnosticism, Gnostics they were called. Why would anybody want to come back to an evil form? Gnostics would have asked that question, I'm sure. Let's look at what Paul says here. If Jesus' resurrection did not occur, he reasoned, then there's no gospel. And we've been following the wrong guy this whole time. If this is the case, it means our sins... Can't be forgiven. And worse yet, all of those who believe before, they're lost. All our hope in this life is gone. If this was the case, if his resurrection didn't actually occur, if Christ was not raised from the dead, we're a pretty pathetic bunch, aren't we? Paul might have reasoned. We've been wasting our time this whole time, Paul says. If that's the case, we are wasting our time, and many have been doing that for a long time. Maybe even some younger ones have done it their entire lives. You and I would be wasting our time this very minute, this morning, wouldn't we? If we believed those doubters. If we believe even those who say today that there is no God. That there is no Jesus Christ. That there is no Holy Spirit. No resurrection, some said, Some still do. But you see, the good news to all of this is that there were eyewitnesses to that resurrected Christ. Many saw him at, at some point or another, yet some still doubted even after they saw him. However, even those who still had their doubts, most of them were made to believe again. And at that, some saw him, and and they couldn't believe what they were seeing. There he was, in and amongst them, talking with them, joyful. The same old Jesus who had been with them for the last three years and had gotten to know so many people so well. Life for these disciples wasn't over after all. As as Kim said, with the two two ladies that came up, it's, it's the same thing. Life for us is not over. There's still joy to be had. Their friend, their teacher, their Messiah had come back. Even Paul had had seen him on that famous road to Damascus experience. So let's say Paul and the others are telling the truth. That Jesus was truly resurrected from the dead. Just as Paul suggests here. What are the ramifications to all of that? What does that mean for you and me today? Because death came through our original earthly father, Adam. Because of his his sin, life had to come through a man in the same way. Because there was the second Adam, that is Jesus. Then the spirit of man had the capabilities of being freed from death. But as we believe, it can only come through him. Look at John 14 verse 6. Jesus says it explicitly right there. No one comes to the Father except through me. God's plan for our salvation was sown in the dishonor of a cruel death. Through crucifixion on a tree. But that plan was raised in the glory and power only God through His Son Jesus Christ could have ever made happen. Our original father Abraham or Adam rather, took life from God. It was God's gift made uh, to one made in his own image. That's to us. He rebelled, and because of his sin, we inherently have done the same thing since the time of Adam. But the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. The second and final Adam, as he is called in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty five, gave us life. And it, did, it happened through his death. Through his death, he gave us a second chance at life. He didn't take it from us. The resurrection, many said there wasn't one. Some still do. As we said, a lot of people saw Jesus after the resurrection, but they weren't sure of what they were seeing. It was an imposter, perhaps. Oh, it was Jesus, all right. He just hadn't really died. He had simply fallen asleep. The disciples must have roused him after they had taken him away from the cross. Yeah, that's what happened. And so they were coming up with every inconceivable story that they possibly could to make him not really be dead, okay? What was the big deal? You know, the guy went to sleep for a while. Nothing big. What difference did it make anyway? Can you prove it didn't happen? It happened? They may have asked. Physically, maybe that would have been hard to prove or disprove. I, I don't know. But simply look at that evidence. It is very clear he was there. Look at the transformation of the lives of the people who saw Him and the difference it made in their lives years later. Many who knew Jesus and followed Him up until that point still didn't quite understand what was going on here. They wouldn't for another few weeks, as a matter of fact, until the Holy Spirit came to them. But their lives would be ultimately changed by their faith in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, They could have changed their stories right then and there as as time put distance between them and when Jesus was supposedly raised from the dead. All of the events of that time could have just become fading memories. They could have even chosen to forget ever seeing Jesus after the crucifixion. They could have denied possibly His existence altogether. That's what Peter did three different times before Jesus was ever crucified. It could have been so easy to change their thinking about Jesus. They could have said absolutely nothing, and the story of Jesus would just simply die away. Going around and talking openly about a man who had been raised from the dead? you got to be kidding me. Who in the world would believe anything like that anyway? Who in their right mind would even want to tell a story like that? It could have been the safe thing to do, though, just let the legend of Jesus simply die away. But they didn't do that. They didn't do what maybe their families or friends, maybe even their own head and heart... Told them to do. They did not give up on the idea that who, a man who claimed to be the son of God. Who claimed to come and save all who would believe on him. Who supposedly was crucified for our sins. And then was raised from the dead. To somehow, some way, be victorious over Satan. And all the evil that he inflicted upon each of us. They didn't give up on that idea. Why? Why could they not give up on that idea? Because it really happened. That's why. It couldn't be denied. Yet, many then said there was no resurrection. Many say the same thing today. If there was no resurrection as many claim to believe or or at least want to believe, Paul says our faith is futile. Those who were baptized wasted their time and their efforts. But in Romans 6, 3 through 5, Paul says that Christians are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. He tells us that we are united to Him in His death and in His resurrection. None of that would have been true if Jesus had not been raised from the dead. In fact, we ought to be pitied if it wasn't true. But you know what? It happened. Christ was resurrected from the grave. Fishermen who who could barely even speak to each other became bold speakers for the truth of Jesus Christ, not just to a person or two, not just to each other, but to thousands on the day of Pentecost. And subsequent days thereafter. And for what purpose? Christ's resurrection caused the dethroning of evil. And that, folks, is good news. Death and evil, the sting of death, had been taken down and had been defeated the moment Jesus Christ was raised from the tomb by His Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father. Just when it looked like Satan might get the upper hand, God changed it all. The realm of evil was beaten. And yet, some said there was no resurrection. Some still do. To some, the fight against the resurrection goes on. I read a story many years ago. It was in a Life magazine. I remember that because they had a picture of a guy on the front page. This was back when I was a kid. But in World War II, <clears throat> soon after the war had been declared over, it seems there were a few isolated islands containing Japanese warriors who hadn't heard that the war was over. They were seen, even into the 1960s, still attempting to engage the enemy, still trying to win for the side of the Japanese, still fighting on. Satan and his legions... They're the exact same way, still persistent, still attempting to win back what was lost so long ago. It'll continue that way. I've got news for you until Christ makes his triumphant return back to claim us for his own. For you see, Christ's resurrection guarantees something else, a second coming. Believing that it is going to happen is a necessity if you believe in the first resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why did did Paul and the early Christians believe that Jesus had been resurrected? Why do we believe it? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Just the simple fact of why we believe that there was a resurrection. Why are we in this place today? Because our faith in the promises of God through Jesus Christ... Make us believe. Like our Christian brothers and sisters so long ago reasoned. There there simply is too much evidence to think otherwise. I want to look at John 1, 1 through 4 right quick. I want to read this to you. And I think you'll feel the same sense of importance that the early disciples felt needed to be conveyed to you and to me. But I want listen closely to John 1, 1 John 1, 1 through 4. That which was from the from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we've seen it and testify to it. And proclaim to you all the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you. So that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with, uh, uh, with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. Listen to this. And we are writing these words so that our joy may be made Complete. Think about those words. First John one through First John one one through four. A lot of ones in there. Okay. Read that when you get the opportunity. Okay. They wanted to convey the importance. Maybe they felt like there was some doubt. Maybe they felt like that maybe not everybody was on board with it. Maybe they were hearing too many stories about people trying to to do away with the the, the concept of Jesus at all. Maybe they were just joyful over the fact that they had seen Jesus and they knew what He had done and they knew it to be true. And they loved everyone else so much, they wanted others to have that same joy that they experienced. As it was written in God's Word, it will be there until the Lord returns. And so all who read them will have the opportunity to believe just as the early disciples did. The disciples were reaching out to their brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus over the ages to help them make an informed decision to believe in the resurrection based on what not only what they believed but on what they had seen as well. There was physical evidence as well. They tell us about the resurrection. About the life of Jesus. Based on things they knew firsthand. We can and we should celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Not only each time we come together. But every day of our lives. We can celebrate with assurances that Christ Gave us in the thought that he will return someday to claim us for his own. And we can do all of this because of our faith in Jesus. Yet some said there was no resurrection. Some today still do. But because of our faith in the life-saving grace that God has poured out upon us through his son, the resurrected Jesus we know and we truly believe today that yes, indeed, Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. The good news of the gospel of Jesus, the Son of God, has never changed. Nor will it ever. Nor will it ever cease to be true. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried in the grave And after three days was resurrected from that same grave. Just like it was written and spoken about. We who believe in Christ share an experience that shows to the world that Jesus is alive and he is present even in this place today. He is present in our lives through the sacraments that we have experienced or will experience shortly. We show the world and we pledge to others our beliefs, our faith, and our resolve to follow Him. We have that same hope, those assurances that all of this took place just as the disciples 2,000 years ago had said. These assurances allow us to live victorious lives now. We can live lives that separate us from the rest of the, of the unbelieving world. For we know we can take great comfort in the fact that, as we see in Philippians chapter 2, there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over all. May I hear an amen. This morning we started with the thought, He is risen. And we responded with, He is risen indeed. Well, I dare say we should make that joyful proclamation every day of our lives. Many sadly said and say today, there's no resurrection. But we believe differently, don't we? Praise God that He has opened our eyes to the truth. Christ was raised from the grave, and he gave us life. But it is up to us to share what Paul and the others shared with the, to that unbelieving world. It is up to us, one person at a time, to reach that lost world. To tell others with the same fervency that John wrote with in 1 John 1. I'll leave you with one last encouragement this morning. from this same chapter 15, our scripture reading in 1 Corinthians. The final verse of this chapter, verse 58. Read it when you have the opportunity. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord will not be in vain. That, brothers and sisters, is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Live in that grace, peace, and mercy every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this privilege of trusting in you. You have called us, Lord, to be out, separate and apart from the world. And we just ask you today, if you would... As we go out into the world, let us make a difference for your kingdom. We're about to partake of of the most sacred, maybe the the most sacred event we will partake of today, and that's the Lord's Supper. But it's just a reminder to us of what your Son did for us just a couple of days ago. Help us, Lord. Strengthen us. Strengthen our our resolve to go out and make a difference in your world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.